Fun fact about Claire. <laughs> Recently, daycare called Claire and said, hello, there's been an incident with your youngest daughter. Claire said, oh, no, what's happened? And they said, just come in, we'll tell you about it. They, She went in, they said... Frida and a little boy were playing doctors. Claire said, oh, no. She said to Frida, did someone touch your private parts? And Frida (laughs) said, yes, my elbow, my knee. (laughs) Claire's like, oh, great, and now I need to teach Frida what private parts are. But then she said, what's happened? And then Frida said, the boy told me the way that he needed to treat me was to wee in my eye. (laughs) And Claire said, but did he do it? Yes, he did it. This little boy weeded Frida's eye. And that's how we treat people these days. Oh, I how do you how do you I try and teach know. her not what are her boundaries? There are so many layers to it. It's like partly horror and partly just so funny. Yeah. Because this little boy's like, what do I do? I guess that's what I do with it. What <laughs> doctor is this little kid seeing? I know. And he's, I mean, the parents are lovely. There's no suggestion that things going wrong this little boy wants to pee in your eye <laughs> and I mean if I had one maybe I'd do it too an eye yeah um you could pee in it <laughs> oh mm. if I had an eye Welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes us all tick. I'm Bron, a comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're longtime friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the gut. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, mongrels, <laughs> and get ready for Good Sheilas. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. We're back and where are we, Claire? We are... In a studio. In a studio. Well we're, done. We're so, I've completely blanked. My yeah, studio. don't make me piss in your eye, don't Claire. Ma- I, you'll do it. I will do it. <laughs> if that is what needs to be done to treat you for your health, I will do it. We are in a studio. Why are we in a studio, Claire? Because we're very rich. Yes, that is one reason we're middle-aged and rich, but also another reason is because um, uh, we have listened back to some of the, our past episodes. And now, dog shit. Like some of them. Like oh God bless God. you for, for listening. Why are you here? It's mostly Claire's fault because she's got a very yeah. silent voice, but sometimes it's my fault because I was eating. So, <laughs> so it's hard. Hard to say who's at fault, but it's mostly, mostly it's mostly the kid who pissed in Frida's yeah, eye. Exactly. We are we are in a studio. We've invested. We put money into. So this you now. have to listen, or else they'll be very upset. But also, thanks for listening. Why are you listening? It's so many questions. So much gratitude. This is the best we've ever sounded. I know. Or I, is it the worst because they can well, hear us? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, yeah, it depends what you say. Actually, it depends what we both say. But we're, we're, should we sing for a bit just no, to test well, it? We've already done. We've we done that. that. You, we sang, as soon as we got here. We've only got the studio for one hour, and then for the first five minutes, we sang into it. And we were like, it was amazing. And we sang a line as well. For the love that you made every time that you made us, or it to be you don't open wide. You know it. And that's why we're famous. And that's the end of the episode. Goodbye. <laughs> 
Anyway, so we're back and we've invested, so we're back. So we're planning yeah. on doing this. Um, Full time. Hopefully, yeah, every day. Just like eight hours a day. So if you guys could um, help. Yeah, we're not starting a Patreon. We're not. No, we're not. No, I, I, I love that people do that. Yeah, great. But I feel so anxious at the idea of asking people to give me money. No, I'm asking for people to give me money okay. every day as a comedian. That's true. Every day. I'm like, can you please buy tickets to my show? But I just won't. I, I don't know. We talked about this before, a Patreon. Like, I just feel this discomfort. And I don't, I think it's just inherently, I'm like, I'm not giving anyone anything. Yeah, honestly, we are not. <laughs> And We're everyone's like, that makes sense. Exactly. Don't. We won't. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to. But but we're here and we're happy to invest because, like we said, we are old enough to afford this now. But uh, <laughs> And when we say that, I don't know, Claire's paying. So it is. Um, <laughs> so uh, we are back. And like we said, we'd go back to the same structure, which is a bit of a bit of our personal life and a bit of something that's in the media, not necessarily in that order. We are kicking off this episode. Hello. Back first one in the studio, Claire. We're talking about what is middle age? What is it? And here is an interesting fact. We remember Faulty Towers, right? Yeah. Bumbling John Cleese. Gorgeous. In Super a hotel. racist. So old. So old. He was 35. Yeah, that's insane. And so that was because I remember watching that as a kid. Do you? I do. Yeah, and we, and he was like, he was just like, he, he had like boomer energy. Like he was he fed up did. and he was annoyed and he couldn't understand immigrants and he couldn't understand. He was a racist. He was a dick. He, he was, was just, impatient. For us he feels like a boomer. Yes, uh, yes, and he then and now that's being rebooted. By the way, he's coming back. That, it's no, yeah, it is John Cleese and his daughter. Oh, so wait, his so daughter's he's going to play the same character. I'm not sure if he's going, but he's creating it with his daughter. That is so who is apparently like a great writer in her own right. I'm sure she is. Yeah, I'm sure There's she no is. However, I'm like, person. how exactly? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, my mum was the original good yeah. <laughs> 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 but what? But she, uh, like, it's coming back and when someone told me it was coming back, I was like, oh, my God, that's great. But then I was like, oh, wait, it can't. Because just, like, Sex in the Kit, the City. Sex in the Kitty. Sex in the Kitty. <laughs> how dare you. Sex in the City. That, what, what is, like, how long did that take to be outdated? Oh, 10 so years? It's outdated now when we watch it. And yeah, yet, and but what was, like, 20 down, years? Like a sausage hot dog. You, yeah, but I, well, I'm uncomfortable. Like, everything, like, The King of Queens and, like, all of these silly old shows, like, Friends, all of these shows, they, they have, they have, like, they're expired. But they've come back with the original cast. It's and friends. Still, no, no, no. Sex and the City. But did it work? Well, they were renewed for a season two. No. Yes, it's coming back. It's coming back. It's it's season two of and just like that is coming back because we love to gobble up these fifty-something women who look thirty. That's mental. It is mental. I did not think that was going to last. And it has. And the, the idea behind it, this research that we've been looking at, is from the head of the global research at the International Longevity Centre, which is a thing, they say that middle age is now meaningless. Mm. So we grew up with the idea of middle age, right? You hit this midpoint, things shift, you grow up, you settle things in your life. There was a game called Life when we were little kids and you hit 40 and it was like this celebration. Your kids moved out 
and you paid off your mortgage. And you, well, your mortgage was paid off yes, after like 10 oh, years exactly. anyway because it was $17,000. Such a rat's first. <laughs> and, and, and now we are very close to 40, unfortunately. <laughs> close. And yeah. we are almost at middle age and we don't feel old. No, we are middle age. This is middle age. We're middle age. You're going to die when you're 76. Well, that's a great okay. innings. You reckon? Yeah, true. Yeah, I what mean, do you mean? All right, we're middle-aged. Oh. <laughs> also, I'm not, I'm 36, 72. What are you doing? I don't, I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> so many strange things happening. But we did, uh, so uh, like what, because uh, I looked at, well, my nan, when I was a little, my nan who was at the time in her 60s, she looked like she had a purple rinse perm mm-hmm. and she had like, she had like those giant um glasses that had the bifocals and uh she just knew what her position was in the world was Mm. a pensioner and she was a pensioner who had grandkids and all this and obviously that is because of her life as like with the gender normatives that were happened then but now it's different like my Mm. mum my mum who's staying with me at the moment she's come up to help with the kids and she's uh she said oh the kids are like, please, Mama, can you stay longer? And she was like, oh, I can't. i got to get back to work. My mum's almost 70, but she's got, like, she's the working. same colour hair she's as me. Like she's got red hair. She's got responsibilities. She's got a job still. I mean, I'm sure she could retire, but she's still going because there's not that kind of community spirit. Like, there's no, like, senior citizens club no. that I know of in her area. And there's also no permission to age. I mean, like, the, I mean, it's not just economic. It's expectation-based. Mm. I mean, there are all these social factors in terms of there's really low rates of home ownership and the cost of living is really high. And so the reality is that we will be working far, far later, that the concept of pension and retirement is dying mm. as that generation dies. But then separately, the idea that you can age, that you can age comfortably, that you can get a purple rinse perm and just chill out and just live lovely back in. Oh, so good. Yeah. That's dead, Bron. Which is what my nanny is, which is actually really rude of you because <laughs> I love her so much, Claire. But it is so. Like, and I, like one of my be- one of my greatest dreams is to become a nan. Like my nan no. did it so well. Yeah, like she had like really delicious chocolate slices. Oh, I love chocolate. Yeah, slices. lamingtons and learn how to make lamingtons. Like with her, like I we made scones. It was just like I like I have all these beautiful moments as a kid with my nan because she retired. And this isn't to say that like my kids won't have beautiful memories with my mum because she's not retired, but. There is, like, I guess, and my kids won't know any different, but I have these moments where I'm like, oh, it's really sad that mum has to go back to work because. Yeah. And the same thing with, like, Lucas's mum. She's only just retired now and she's, I think she's 69. to be 70 this year. Yeah, girl. Yeah, get it. <laughs> Best <Sister> age. <laughs> she love it. <clears throat> yeah, but it's the, um, I, like, and I think that if anyone the suits being a nan, it's uh, Lucas's mum. But she's just had that thing of like, I'll just keep working for a bit. I'll just yeah. get oh, one more year, one more year, one more year, one more year, one more year. Now she's seventy, and she's finally retired. And now she's going to have to try and have that. I want to retire when I'm thirty-eight. <laughs> I want to retire yesterday. Yeah. The, I, I guess the other the other part of you know women have increased economic participation in the community. And at the same time, we've kind of developed this idea of the nuclear family and we become less connected to our neighbours and our role has reduced 
and that's a really positive thing in most ways in terms of participation, in terms of independence and so on. But I also think that, you know, I think about it and I feel really terrified about the prospect of retiring because I'm like, how would I fill my time? What is my value? What is my worth? And mm. when you don't have grandchildren to look after or like a family to live with and you're just like alone and you've lost your purpose, I mean, it feels really frightening. I'm like, I'll just wait forever because I really want to mean something. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, I get that. I get that. I, But I do, I, I hope, I hope that I, when I get to my 60s, I am like, all right, well, I, I'm, I'm going to do heaps of pingers every yeah. day I wake up. Nang, nang, me, nang, the kids, the kids can call me nang. <laughs> Here comes Nang Bron. Uh, it, yeah, I hope, I hope, that, but it is, we, we are in this time where middle age has been erased. It yeah, is young people and old, and old people. people. And we went and through that time. Do you remember that? Tie rope the middle, right? Yeah. But do you remember there was a time in, like, in, uh, uh, there was this excellent skit once. I can't remember which show did it, but it was about how uh, women were like, they were, they it, women in, in film went from like being fuckable to being the mum. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? They, yeah. So it's like you are, you can be the, the wife or the girlfriend. And then there's nothing in between. It's like the next move you do, you're the mum. Mm. You're the mum of the, the the guy who's 10 years younger than you and that is the role you will play. And so that is kind of, that was like a real red flag for us as women as <laughs> we're like, hey, any minute now. Expire. Yeah, you will be, like <laughs> you aren't fuckable anymore. You are going to be the mum of someone who's 10 years younger than you. And I don't know genetics. I don't know how anatomy works. I don't know a lot of things, but I reckon <laughs> I'd rather not be a 10-year-old mum if I had the chance. But the, but this is like, this is obviously, uh, uh, you know, how we've come to this point where there is no middle-aged women anymore. We don't have it. Look at JLo. How old did you say she was? 51? 52. 52 years old. She looks not 52. She doesn't. And I'm I'm, well, I'm just going to pull back from saying she looks amazing or anything like that because yeah. that's actually just adding to this idea that women sure. in middle age, however we're going to call it, should appear a particular way to be valuable. Mm. But, you know, it's 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 that it's that broader question, like what does the slide down look like? If there's there's no midpoint anymore, at yeah. what point are we just allowed to be older and allowed to get, you know, the you know, lean into what that means? I mean, because it's also about accepting the decline and the transition into being older and accepting what that means in terms mm. of your you know, the biological endpoint and so on. But what does it mean when you're constantly kind of clawing to maintain that youthfulness? I mean, in terms of what would ordinarily be a transition into this is my value in the community, it's shifted. I have a different worth and place now. But if you're still clinging on to being a desirable woman, mm. where are you? Where are you? And I think that's this also lends itself into a, a so many different ways. Like you, you Claire, you've got a very you're in leadership. Um, like I don't want you to brag heaps, but like you're in like a very important job, and you are very young to be in the position that you're in, and you have have to justify yourself being young in that in that world that you're it's in. It's hard to be 22 in the present. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but the but in like in, in the comedy world, which is the world that I live in, is um it, there is again there is this weird 
I don't know if there is a transition. Like there's like these young comedian, young fe- oh, I'm only speaking like it's very gendered right now. Um, these young female comedians uh, that I worked with in Brisbane um, had lots of like a lot of their stuff had to be about you know like Tinder and dating mm. and um, you know like you know talking about how annoying their parents are. And then there's this once they get to a certain age, it then has to shift to like a different flavor of how mm. Tinder's annoying, and a different um, and like how their parent, how parents are wanting them to have kids and stuff. So our age is constantly, constantly at the forefront of everything. Yeah, but there's never like a middle bit where it's like this is easy, this is actually really easy. This bit because there's always expectations on either side. Yeah, and that that. Like kind of like comes through in their comedy in some way. Me being a nice side comedy as already a mum in my thirties, I had to. That was the like I'm trying to really trying to like get away from it a bit, but I feel like the audience expects me to talk about the fact that I am in my thirties, and yes, I've got kids, and hopefully. Eventually they'll find me funny if I admit <laughs> to those things. Like I get it. I see it too, guys. I get it. I understand. I've made fun of it first and then I'll make jokes about other things. But I have to. I have to make jokes about these things first and then to be like this is, you know, this is me kind of tagging who mm. I am and where I am in this social structure and the fact that I am in middle age. But guess what? I've achieved kids but women who haven't had kids, they also have to do that same thing. Mm. I'm in my 30s. No, I haven't had kids. I don't know if I want kids. And they kind of have to kind of do that spiel at the start. Mm. I'm never going to have kids. What? I'm an evil woman. Blah, or whatever. And then they go on from there. Men very rarely talk about kids. No. Very they rarely. Because they don't need to mark their success in the same way. It's so interesting. It's so interesting to, and I hadn't really thought about it until now, um, which doesn't bode well for our preparation. But it, <laughs> but it is really interesting to see, like how we as women kind of are there, there are things that and we uh, measure our success. Yeah. yeah, where are we on this timeline mm. of this this idea of middle age and how it mm. doesn't exist anymore for us? But where are these kind of nuances? And it's like kids, no kids. Okay, cool, you're there. Make fun of that or don't make fun of that mm. or make fun of this or whatever. But constantly you're the butt of the joke along the way because that's comedy, you have to be, um, which is fine because that's easy for me. But um, <laughs> but it's but it's really interesting to watch uh, the different ages of women in comedy mm. and how they have to preface their material by saying like, yes, I'm only 25 and yes, I went to a private school. Or yes, I, um, you know, fucked ten guys last year. And yes, whatever. Da 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 da. And it is very gendered, and it is very mm. age orientated. Mm. It's um, I, I think I, I I the loss I feel about this idea that we don't get a middle age anymore is about kind of navigating the way the ebb and flow of life right the seasons of life and I think we've talked about this in a podcast before this concept that life has seasons and you transition and you shift between these different stages and with them you know come different stages of development and happiness and success and there was this research that National Geographic did last year where they did some studies and surveys of the different age groups and they found that the older you get the more your focus is on love and connection. But at 40, you're around that time, you are 
having the most probably challenging period of your life. You're what's mm-hmm. called the sandwich generation where you're taking care of young children because we're having kids later and you're also taking care of ailing parents. And then work is obviously often an apex of that stage of your life. On the data, mm-hmm. people usually peak and then plateau at the amount they're earning at around 40 And so in your 40s, at that middle age point, people often have a bit of a crisis. That's the midlife crisis, right? And that's because life is so bloody hard, so many competing demands and factors. But, I mean, what, what does it mean when we have now, you know, a lifespan for our generation which is going to average around 100 years and, you know, an economic context where we're probably not going to be able to retire and where we're going to still be paying off our mortgages when we're 60 and 70. What, what, what is middle age? Because right now the data tells us, and I mean we're talking from a particular position, obviously in the community, but right now the data tells us that it's a, it's a particular point in life where you have a bit of a reckoning. But when our generation isn't given that reckoning in terms of the age of our kids and, you know, our financial context and our careers and what we're supposed to look like and so on, where are we? What do we do? What do we feel like going to? I don't feel like I'm about to turn 40. Uh, no, I don't. No. Do you remember when your mum turned 40? I remember when my mum turned 40, people uh, feeling it. And I felt like my mum was old. Like I was 30, mm. mum was 31 when I was born. Mm. Um, that was in 1986. How do you? But it was, <laughs> it was that. Uh, and I remember that being a little bit older. Like I was a third born. And I remember mum, I remember mum explaining to me that, you know, she, uh, like her, my oldest brother was born when she was 28 and she was a bit older than a lot of her friends mm. to have kids. And that's bananas. Yeah. <laughs> and that was only one generation ago. Jesus Christ. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm, now I'm, I'm how old am I? <laughs> I don't, I forget. You're 35. You're 36. 36. You? I'm 36. Yeah. Um, and I'm still like, oh, I really want one more. Like I've got a few years under my yeah. belt. Yeah, mum was like, 42 when Rosie was born, my little sister was born. Wow. Uh, yeah, but mum, But that's normal old, now. Like, it is normal so now. Normal. But poor old mum, I remember going on a holiday into New Zealand when Rosie was probably 10, so I was 20. And mum, so what made that mum 51? And uh, a lady came over to my mum at a pub and like looked at Rosie and said to mum, you're a very lucky grandma. <laughs> Mum was like, fuck off. Oh goodness, <laughs> Fair enough. I know. What? Brutal. Come on, mate. Oh. Come and on. now it wouldn't happen now because, like, it's really normal to have kids in like late 30s, early 40s. But also, yeah, I, I I don't know what it means for the death of middle age. I, I don't know what it means. But I, I, do, I do think that it allows you to have a different definition of your stages of life. Yeah. And, I mean, it also steps away from those markers, right? We were, we were, when we were doing research, we were looking at this, and Wikipedia said helpfully, yeah. there is no universal consensus on what the exact definition of middle age is, but usual characteristics include the beginning of rapid decline of fertility, growing of hair, and lessening of opportunities. Amazing! That's so beautiful. <laughs> I don't want that. But middle, like middle, <laughs> like we looked at this as well. Middle is like one of it's the most boring word for anything. Yeah. A descriptor. No, it's uh, it means like vanilla, like nothing. Yeah. You know, good things are happening on the either end of this. Uh, but in the middle, like I'm a middle child, nothing good happened there. Yeah. And then it also makes you feel middle like, earth. Middle earth is um in the Lord of the Rings. Claire, some pretty good I have warned there. you about talking about the Lord of the Rings <laughs> on this podcast. 
So we're no longer young, but we're not old yet. Uh, so we're not kind of reaping the benefits of like investments. I know. Yeah. It's so annoying. And we're also not like, we're not like, no one's like offering their seat to us on the bus. Which is um, also annoying. Which is also annoying. I'm very tired. No one did that when I was pregnant either. No. Um, but it, it, it's like, do we want it or do we not? Middle age, it doesn't sound very good because, like, for years I was like, I'm not middle age, I'm 25. I want the I said benefits. That for years. I, want, I want what middle age is the marker of. It's like, oh, I'm in the middle. I've what, got so, so so many so many things to fall back on because yes. I'm so secure. That's yes. what middle age is like. Yeah, sure, you have to deal with all the bullshit of getting older, but at the same time it's like, oh, look at all these things mm. that I've achieved. And yeah. now it's like, oh, Okay, I guess I've got some kids. Yep. <laughs> got heaps of Botox. Good for you, girl. <laughs> Jealous. Girl. Yeah. Well, some of us are rich in this room. Oh, but, gosh. I mean, like, I think I think the thing, you know, that I want to fight against is this idea that middle age is kind of the apex and there's a decline. But, again, you look at the research and what it tells us and and it continues to be that older people, you know, the end of our lives are when we're often the most happy and we're the most content and prepared for, you know, whatever's next. But according to that National Geographic research that I was talking to at the at the um, earlier and in the, the episode, at least episode. in the middle of the episode, in the middle earth of the episode, <laughs> I was talking about it. And people in their 80s are calmer, they're more content, joy and purpose and the the love and pleasure of connection and the smaller bits of life are what you get to peek in later in life. And if middle age is cancelled and if we just kind of struggle to the end, does mm-hmm. that still get to happen? Do I still get to be joyful in like 45 yeah. years? Yeah. Is I that think still now, coming? I think, yeah, where are we supposed to be happy now? Because oh, I, I hope shit. it's in, um, yeah, where, where is it now? <laughs> this is the thing about middle age being cancelled. Where do we get to be happy? Well, maybe middle age wasn't when like, we were supposed to be happy. Did you see Ben Affleck at the, at the Golden Globes? He was so upset. Well, that's because his wife's 52. J-Lo was like, please, babe. There was a lip reader. Like, please, babe, just try to look happy. And he, he just glared at her. What a, he's married to Taylor. the most phenomenal woman in the world. I know. And he's, he Maybe he was like, "Have I skipped middle age?" She's like, "Yeah, <laughs> we both married, did." I've got to listen to Quinchillas to get a grasp of this. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ben, jump on board. So, what do we reckon? Do we want to be middle aged? Yeah. Uh, but how old? How yeah. long do you want to live for? <laughs> I've just at least just till give tomorrow. Me, give me a number. I thought, yeah, okay, I reckon I would like to be, depending on my health. I don't want to be uncomfortable. No. Yeah, I just had my appendix out. It was really gross being in hospital. I don't want to be sick. But also you don't want to have to rely on anybody else. Like I don't want anyone to, you know, clean out my... Oh my god, it's such a relief you'd hear to, for me to hear you say that. Um, I do not want to clean up after you either. So I... Um, <laughs> I uh, I would like to be, I reckon, in my, I reckon I, I want to go to 80. 80. Yeah, 80 is young now. 80 is yeah. fresh. Yeah. 80 I mean, still does shit. Yeah, they do. Yeah. 90? Like, 95. Well, depends. There's some really happy ones. I don't want to be, like, miserable and forgetful no, and a burden. No. Everyone's such a cliche. And such there a are really about. interesting measures. So I was reading an article earlier today about, like, mobility and how important it is for, like, your quality of life. If you can sit down. On the ground and stand up without using your arms, without any assistance, is a really good indicator of your mobility later on. And so if you work to be really good at doing those two mm. things, you probably won't need support. Do you know what this tells me? Is that people in leadership have too much time. 
that. Oh my god, it's I'm middle aged. I don't have to think about things. I don't have to do much. (laughs) So middle age is cancelled. It is cancelled. We're not doing it. We're either young or we're old, and there's no one between. And there's no in between. And we're very young. And we are young until we're done. Until we're like, what is it? Like purple rinse? I don't know. Purple rinse is cool these days. Is 60 old? I don't know. People say 60s. 60s is the new 20. I don't know. I don't know. 70 is the new 40. what do you reckon is young? We'll we'll make a post about it. Does it matter? No, it doesn't, obviously. No, nothing matters. But also, it is interesting to see how it's all gone down. Faulty Towers, what a ride. Uh, Now, we're moving on to our personal one. This one's actually come up from a number of experiences that we've (laughs) happened recently. This one is, do we actually project our own childhood onto our kids and do our parents project their adulthood onto us? And I thought about this recently uh, when Olive kind of, so Olive's got my body uh, and she's like, she's actually quite annoyed about her body. She doesn't like it, uh, which is offensive to me. Um, but she, but, but I remember being her age and being like, oh, "What the hell? All these skinny little legs everywhere. Mine are like kind of thick and strong and annoying." But that, what's that's what? Why I'm so good at gymnastics, Claire? Mm, you are. That's why I'm doing right handstand now. right now. Right upside down, hanging exactly. monkey bars. Yes, I'll do a splits in a sec. Exactly. There it is. Oh, there's there's a split. she goes, splitting open exactly. her whole body, the whole thing. That's why I'm so strong. That's why I'm so good. That's just why my body. <laughs> but then my, I, and I remember a whole lifetime of hating my body and then um, having a daughter who had my body and now watching her kind of process the same feelings that I had and then but now I'm like in this position where I'm like no it's great Mm. it's actually great and I'm trying really hard to do that because my mum has a very different body to my mum to mine she was very she was very skinny I remember being a very vivid memory at Belconnen Mall standing next to her and there was a mirror in front of us and we both were wearing shorts and my legs were thicker than hers and Whoa. I was 10 years <gasps> old. Whoa. She's got really skinny legs. It's not like I was particularly fat, she's so relaxed. A tiny it was I, she's just it was such skinny legs and I remember being like, "Oh my god." What the hell? My mum is two thousand years old. She's way beyond middle age, and I am got bigger like I was ten. And so, but I was trying to explain to Olive, it's good because you just look at Mm. my body and be like, okay, fine. This is where I'm going, rather than that kind of like. And that's what kids love to hear. Look at look at me. You're going to be me, just just like me. (laughs) (laughs) Going to be just like me. Do the splits exactly at IGA. (laughs) Yeah, but um, and so I guess that is one thing that is a good thing of like uh, kind of projecting my Mm. experience or like taking my experience and be like, look, this is what I can. However, it's not always good. Claire, do you have an example of where it is not good? Well, I think I've predict pretty heavily onto my children I've got no idea why because I'm very secure exactly (laughs) (laughs) I've got two so my eldest is eight my youngest is four the four-year-old is is, she's impenetrable she is made of steel that tiny girl don't worry about it at all my eight-year-old is a little me and she's sensitive last night she cried herself to sleep Oh, she's like everyone at school thinks I'm weird. Oh no! And the boys all don't like me, and it was really devastating. I was going, "You're oh. amazing, you're wonderful," and but like hearing her voice in my voice, and like and trying to tell her, you know, all these things about how important it is that she loves herself, but not ever really even getting to the stage of believing it for me. Mm. And so I see myself in her so strongly. 
and I'm almost narrating my own story through her wanting to fix it, which is not healthy, I don't think. <laughs> and, but at the same time, very aware that she needs to, you know, make her own path, but not wanting her to make the same mistakes as me. So can you tell me what a mistake, and you can be like, she's a boy skin. crazy. She's boy crazy. She's yeah. boy crazy. I mean, your oldest daughter comes home and tells you all about it. She does, yeah. She is very very into crushes and romance and love letters and she's very into looking a particular way and showing up at school she googled the other day how to be attractive to boys gutting I'm gutting because I I think she's amazing and those you know tiny little silly boys tiny children like you just look at them like why you're there just so ridiculous to kind of circle your life around them just makes no sense to me and then I look at my entire life I'm like oh no that's where she got that from (laughs) but she I don't do you think that she but obviously that's not something she's learned from you I I I think it's complicated I think that it's 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 complex I think she has a mother who struggled with her self-esteem and I think she's really lacked a kind of uh full family and community around her growing up and I think all of those different experiences really matter in your development of yourself and I also think that the pandemic you know being alone at home for two years and having me as like and you know her dad but obviously you know mum has she's a girl she's got that I'm I'm the symbol of what you know mm-hmm. womanhood looks like and so being surrounded by my own you know, occupations and the way I think and the way I react, even if I try really hard to shield her from it, she's going to absorb it. There's no way that your kid isn't going to just eat up what you are. And so now I've got this intensely insecure, boy-crazy eight-year-old who is just fixated on what other people think about her and uses that to define herself worse. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's me. It's so interesting, Zach, because I don't ever see Stevie worrying about anyone, oh, what anyone thinks about her. It's all she talks about at home. Really? All she talks about. Because she gets, like, crazy haircuts that I would never have dreamed about getting as a little yeah, kid. Yeah, like, she and wants I, to grow it. She wants to grow it. She She's, came home after a few days of grade three and looked herself in the mirror for ages and she said, I don't look like, I don't look like when I want to look, how do we make my hair grow faster? She's been asking me to Because she's cut it quite short. Yeah, for the last couple of years she's just she's wanted all sorts of very like creative haircuts, shaving mm-hmm. most of her head. And of course I've just said it's your hair, do whatever you want. Yeah. It's a great experience to go to the hairdress. <laughs> and the last few times I've just let her do whatever she wants and she'll sit in the mirror and the hairdresser will be like just looking at me going, what do I do? And Are I might just sure? ask her. Yeah, and she'll be like, head. shave it up until here. And then the hairdresser will get like cut one bit of hair and she'll see will be like, that's enough. And then the hairdresser, she'll go to the next bit and she goes, no, stop. Oh my God, and then so she looks like someone's got a lawnmower over her head and the hairdresser's like, Are you sure? No like, one's sure. Is anyone sure, no one. lady? But it's what she likes. She'll look in the mirror and like, that's perfect. Great. But now she wants to grow it long. And I think part of it is, yeah, just wanting to present a particular way and be loved. It's devastating. Kills me. Yeah, I think, well, Olive's never, my eldest is like uh, always liked long hair, never mm. worn short hair, but I don't ever get a boy vibe from her. Yeah, Hers which is, I love. Hers is net, but also it's not like hers is like more of like um, 
she wants other girls to think mm. she's cool. She cares much more about girl, what girls think than boys think. Which is great. Well, I don't know. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't want Stevie to want thing about boys. Boys, yeah. I'm still, This is. I think this is the gutting thing and going back to the subject matter, I think it's why parents get so fixated on their children. It's because we want... We don't want them to go through what we yeah. did. We want to rescue them. We want to save them from that pain and, and that experience. And I look back at my life when I see, and this is what I tell Stevie, I'm going to plead to her. I'm like, I could have travelled the world and had all these adventures. And Kids like, would love hearing they that. They would love it. It really <laughs> resonates with her. Like I could have like invested so much more in my interests. I could have been a fucking like concert violinist, but instead... Mm. Every stage of my life I've been preoccupied by a different boy and I'm like, it was a waste of time most of the time. Mm. And she's like, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to grow <laughs> my hair in peace. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, and I step back from it and I'm like, oh, my God, I have not helped the situation but do you remember but do you remember as a kid like because it's like that's all great advice but there's no way she's going to hear no she can't understand it she won't listen it's and that is there's no way nothing you can do about that however is there has there been because there's been for me a moment in your uh as you were growing that an older person gave you a bit of advice that you were too young to hear but you look back on and been like Oh, okay. I get where you're coming from now. <laughs> Do you ever? Yeah, can like you think I, of one? I can think of I can think of many examples, but I can also think of my blindness to them because yeah. you cannot listen at that age no. because you're so. I, I, like I remember, for example, when I was in year ten at Stromlo High School, my best friend at the time got dreadlocks. Incredible. And. I thought they were the coolest thing in the world. Incorrect. And she went to a hairdresser. It's a white woman, a girl, a hairdresser, and she got dreadlocks. Like, bless her. She was being her own self. And she yeah. did have them for years and years. And I wanted them so badly. And my mum was like, you cannot have dreadlocks. Oh, my God. I was God, like, thank why you, are you like, pressing my life, my whole life? Oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm like thank God. Thank God. <laughs> that is a good, that's a good moment. I tried. I, like, rubbed, um, I rubbed super cool into my hair and tried to, like. That's so. Doesn't work. Just so bad. <laughs> so oh, my God. Sick. You don't deserve hair. I know. But w- I have um, this moment. I remember I was, uh, it was a boy I was seeing when I was, I think I was in year 11, and I went to his uh, house and his mum said to me, <laughs> I don't know what was I don't know what was happening in her life uh, oh, at the time. And she came out, and I think she might have had it the afternoons on Savvy Bees, but she came yes. out and she looked at me right in the eye and she looked so serious. And she said, Never marry for love. Oh my god. It's not enough. <laughs> marry for money. And she said it so earnestly, oh. and I remember thinking that is the most that is the saddest thing anyone's ever said to me. And then, uh, and since then, I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> like how much, how easy would it be? So easy. I'm not saying she's right, rich. She's, but there is moments where I'm right. like, how easy would it be if you just married into money? Oh. Exactly. Oh my god, it's like seventy percent of our stress is around you know? money. Yeah, I mean, like we're rich enough to afford this studio that we bought. <laughs> Something for one hour. To us. Yeah, for one hour. <laughs> Don't you come in here? <laughs> we still got twenty minutes. <laughs> eleven. But eleven minutes. Yeah, that is true. But uh, it is, it is that, uh, it is that that 
feeling though of like of it. you want to you want to impart all of what you Your know. Wisdom. It, it's 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 more like it's not like here's my wonderful success. Yeah. And so. It's like please don't fucking do the dumb things that I yeah. do. Yeah. Please don't have the same pain. Please don't end up with the same mental health if issues. If someone had said this to me, my life would have been so differently. So I'm giving you the gift that yeah. I wish I was given. I just please drink it. It's true. So my mum projects on me sometimes, and uh, so since starting comedy, mum has said like. Just just do it. You just go for it. You just go for it and go for it and go for it That's and you don't turn around. And it is really nice but at the same time, like, my family kind of needs me. Like, I've got three kids <laughs> and Lucas has a full-time job. So he's like, do you think that maybe you could put us first? I'm like, no, mum said no. And then um, so mum, but mum's always like, no, I felt guilty about things my whole life and I, um, and I, had to put you guys first all of the time and I do wonder what my life would have been like if I had just put myself first for a few times. And whilst this is really sometimes really exciting to hear, I'm like, wow, thanks, Mum. It's not really taking everything into consideration. And so I can take it for for what it's worth. Mm. Uh, So Mum's kind of projecting her life regrets onto me and (laughs) my career and that's healthy and normal and good. (laughs) And, uh, but we do do that and it doesn't, like, well, right now we're doing it with our kids in, like, ways like with Olive and her body and Stevie and her fixation on boys and my mum will do it with me and then your mum will do it with her, you in whatever way. But we as adults, we will never escape, whether we have kids or not, we will never escape some kind of advice that someone is trying to give us or we're trying to impart on someone else. But it's from, like, I, I think I'll joke it, the more I realise that it's, it's, not, it's not out of ego, it's not out of a sense that you're... Right, more often than not, it's just wanting people to escape the pain that you had, right? Yeah. And that's what most of I see is you're just trying to direct people away. And if mm. I reflect on the bits of my life where I've gotten advice from other people and it's rubbed me up the wrong way and I think about it, it's often from a place of fear, right, mm. rather than a place of arrogance or ego. We just don't want people to follow the paths that we do. And when I think about Stevie and I look at her, you know, occupation with with romantic things at eight and it's coupled with this really low sense of self which is increasing you know like and Mm. I'm trying to I don't know if it's just normal for eight I'm gonna do some more reading I I reckon it is yeah just like there's some like you know some wizardry kids that are just really good at knowing who they are (sighs) I was never one my kids probably will never be them but like how like it's it's just about giving you know how do you give your kids that that sense of self and I but thought you don't I didn't know really well and I haven't no but but how do you know like you didn't grow up knowing what it meant mm. in your kids and also you, we take away from the fact that they are their own people yeah exactly Got like uh, like look at Stevie and Frida your kids you're oh, like very sensitive one and you're one made of steel and it's like but you're the same great ingredients mm. and you're brought up in pretty much the same environment mm. um it's just who how they were born yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Frida lets boys piss in her eye. You've never mentioned that once <laughs> since. Like that has not been a concern oh, for you. She's just oh god, I just want to bottle her. She's just so strong. She's yeah. amazing, that little girl. And I don't worry about her at all. It's so funny because second child, like I think Stevie could just legit read at Frida's age. She could pick she up could. a book. She could, couldn't she? Yeah, she could read. She could was, absolutely read. She could read a book, Frida. 
does not know that it's at all. She's no. just like she and I don't give a fuck because she's the second born and she's yeah. really she's her own person and I wonder how much like leaning into Stevie and like being like we're going to practice your words and what's this letter and all that stuff I used mm. to have time to do and the motivation to do kind of led to her sense of self being but I reckon that's in also as you projecting is because are you projecting your own childhood onto her because mm. you were super smart as a kid and that was your greatest strength you were a nerd and you could escape into books and you, it was it was your it was like your like your safe space yeah, so yeah, you were yeah. giving Stevie a safe space you were like quick if you learn how to read you could escape into the wizards <laughs> you escape the real world come on Narnia let's go let's do this <laughs> come on so this was and it's about you trying to help her. It's all, it always comes from yeah, a good place. And then the, place it's not always life. helpful, it's especially not. my mum's advice to me uh, for Lucas's sake, who has to bring up his children by himself. <laughs> <laughs> but it always comes from a good place. And so I reckon, Sheila, if you are listening to uh, your mum or your dad or just someone who um, really values you as a person and your future, um, I guess take it with a grain of salt. But understand that they're projecting but it always comes from a good place right yeah usually yeah. usually yeah I mostly think, i don't I know say I, I hope so i but that's the question right like i mean it's also ego-based right and like i can rescue you for your every pain. time you say ego i think of magnum ego and i don't know why <laughs> so and now that's all i want oh we can get one after babe that's um excellent. but like i like this is the same thing i think i have the answers i'm like see you don't do this but i'm still behaving in the same way interesting yeah so like i'm telling stevie don't do what i do and then i keep doing it and then i'm like please stop stevie because i'm like i've got the answers just don't be me but i'm still being yeah me. i'm too deep in the hole <laughs> just <laughs> run on exactly. save yourself and that's is that is that generous probably not i'm again just projecting it's probably confusing and yeah. so confusing and projection you know is it's, it's a it's it's a it's a mechanism to feel better about yourself at the end of the day and that's not generous you know, if no. I was being generous, I'd just I'd let Stevie be herself in a way that's loving but not projecting my own experiences and expecting them to be the same as mine. Yeah, but if you see that she's trying to, she's trying to win over the loser in grade three, you're like, don't. Play with your friends. Yeah, play with friends. Like when Wear your flap hat. Anything. Play with your friends. Exactly like your age. Just be <laughs> a little kid. <laughs> And that's the thing I want her, like I want her to be little for as long as she can be and this feels like a massive waste of childhood, right? Like mm. just be eight. Don't worry about any of this shit. Just yeah, be but little. what would someone say if someone said to you, just be 36? What does that mean when eight, when we don't know what it means to be 36? We've just heard a whole know. half of our, uh, like, of our podcast was what is age? <laughs> and then we're just saying to an eight-year-old, this is age. And we're like, wait, we've just said we don't know what age is. <laughs> Nothing Fair. makes sense. Why don't I have we a magnum ego? <laughs> <laughs> First episode ever. <laughs> Also, it's so thrilled we did it in a, in a studio. It's going to sound so good. It is. Like, Except for what we're saying. Exactly. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. No, I think that's been a good episode. Like I think, I, get, I think you know, not that anyone needs to know what I think. <laughs> At the end of every reception, now we're going to do like a 360 review. Yeah. Like, how like out of 10. Was. Out of 10. Solid four. No, I reckon more. I don't really like this because I. Uh, out of five. Oh, okay. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it I reckon it yeah I would say eight out of 
Five. No, eight out of ten. Yeah, right. So 80, I reckon eighty percent. I mean, eighty percent. Eighty percent. I would have cut out some of the things you've said for sure, but I, I would have just had my mark on. <laughs> just like not yours at all. I would have just had Stevie and talking about her crushes. I'm like, what's he do? What's Milo he wear? kissing your eyes? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god! Oh. So you're welcome for you're having welcome. our voices clear as day, clear as day, right? And, and pissing in your ear. Oh my god! <laughs> this is not a parenting a podcast, but uh, we love you guys and welcome back. We're welcome going to try back. and do this far more, maybe once a week, depending on once whether Claire is free, because it's always Claire that's busy. <laughs> That's not true. But uh, we love you guys. We've been good chillers. Bye. Bye.